Okay, well, let's uh, have a look and see what the Lord has to say to us through his word. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the passage that we read, which is Acts chapter 16. Right, let's just pray before we have a look at this passage together. Father, we just thank you again for this privilege. We just ask in these few moments you'll remove all that would distract us and that we might concentrate our thoughts and our minds on what you have to say to us as we do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, when you get these uh, award ceremonies on the television, you have the BAFTAs, the Oscars, the Sports Personality of the Year Award. Uh, and when they step up to receive their trophy, they usually make a little speech. Some of them are quite embarrassing, really. Especially those who are supposed to be actors and they just act. Some of them will thank fellow celebrities that they work with. Some will thank families. Others will thank someone who is really unknown to the public. They're really only known to them and, and maybe their family. But it's a name that we never come across. It's a person who's had a positive effect on their lives when they were younger, when they were children. It might be a drama teacher. A drama teacher might be sitting at home, not expecting his name to be mentioned, and suddenly, uh, Mr. Johnson, my drama teacher, who encouraged me to become an actor. Who's this Mr. Johnson? Probably nobody other than his close friends and family know who he is. And then there's maybe someone will step up and, you know, this very famous person, everybody knows him. And they thank an athletics coach who's probably still struggling with youngsters trying to teach them how, and he doesn't realise, he probably remembers and knows this person but he won't really think that that person will remember them. And this great sports personality, the leading goal scorer of the year, steps up, and he thanks this person. Isn't that great? That's really good. The unsung heroes, behind the famous actor, behind the famous sports person, you know, when we come to our Bibles, we find in our Bibles uh, many famous names and we can identify very easily with them. You know, I could say, and I mentioned a dozen Bible characters, you probably come up with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, you know, Joseph. You can come up with these names, they are the famous characters in the Bible, but there are those others there, some of whom don't even get their names mentioned, but they do get a mention. And they are an important and integral part of God's plan. They are here. Here are some words of encouragement from Paul. We all know who the Apostle Paul was. It's on his missionary journeys. And these are some words that we can be encouraged by. 
It's Romans 12, verse 3 and 8. You will have heard these words before, but I want you just to think of them in the context of the sort of picture I've just laid out for us to take with us as we go through this passage this morning. So just these few verses from Romans 12, verse 3 through to 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. It's good, isn't it? You know, he's going to tell us not to feel too highly than we ought. And this is encouragement. The world doesn't do that, does it? The other way around. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, through though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. This is true unity. And Paul goes on. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If, you, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently, for it is to show mercy. Do it carefully. The value of whatever gift you have, the value of that gift is in the one who gave you the gift by grace. That's where the value is. It means that the gift that we have, they are all equal and they are all God-given. The value of being a Christian encourager. Get this. And we can all do that. And the value of being a Christian encourager in the eyes of God is equal to being a famous Christian conference speaker. Do you get that? In the eyes of the world, it isn't. We look up to, don't we? We look up to these conference speakers and the commentators and, and, and those who write loads of books, which is great. And we should encourage them and they should not get any higher in their status than the one who has this great gift of encouragement. Get that. We're all necessary parts of the one body. The body is a great illustration. We've all got one. And we all know how important each and every part of our bodies is. If your big toe aches, it's just as much an ache if your brain's aching. Yeah. It's equal. It has a role to play. And you know, we walk around in our bodies, so we can always think about that text, that illustration of us being part of the body of Christ. And the gifts that we have, they are given from him. And the value of the gift is that he has given them to us. That's great. 
He's another one of those well-known men whose name is not mentioned. I wonder if you can guess who it is. I think he's mentioned 28 times, almost 30 times in, in the Bible. Guess another clue. He has two letters named after him, and they're both in the New Testament. His name is, don't shout it out, but it's Timothy. His name is Timothy. You've heard it said that behind every good man is a good woman. In Timothy's case, there were two good women. That's what we're going to think about this morning. His mother and his grandmother. Now the Apostle Paul, that great man, he recognised the potential of Timothy. And he also recognised and acknowledged the fact that Timothy was the man who he was because of the influence he had from both his grandmother and his mother right back in his childhood. And Paul recognised that when he looked at Timothy. This reminds of the reminds us of the, the, the responsibility we have to our children, not those who are parents, but not only those who are parents, we all have responsibility to the children. Uh, and that's a, a great sort of pull-up for us to you know, stop and think about. We all have a great responsibility to the children. There's a, right throughout the Bible we can see this, but I'm just going to share a passage from Deuteronomy, it's a verse from Deuteronomy chapter 11, such two verses, 18 and 19. It's the words of God, and they are words that everybody should take note of. He was telling his people, the children of Israel, the Israelites, and he was telling them this, and it's important. And this is what this text says, but before I tell you it, you've seen, um, Orthodox Jews who have that little box on their forehead. They don't wear it all the time. When they go to special meetings, special services, they have this little black box on their head, small box. Uh, small box. It's like something else, it? Small box. No. They have this small black box they carry on their head. It's called, uh, we call it a flattery. We call it a flattery. The Hebrew name is Tefillin. And it's a reminder of them to keep God's word. And in it there are four texts, just short texts. Two from Exodus, two from Deuteronomy. The one from Deuteronomy is Deuteronomy 11 verse 18. And it says this, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. That's the verse. That's why they carry that text in that little box. You don't have to carry it in your box. You carry it here, in here, in your heart. And that verse goes on. And this, this is what it says, the second verse. Deuteronomy 11, verse 19. Teach them to your children, walking, uh, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And in our day, when you sing the choruses in the car, yes. this is it, this is it. That box on your head. If it's not going into your heart, you don't have to wear it. That's why we don't have to wear it. These are words that God wants everyone to take to heart. Proverbs 22, verse 6, start children off on the way they should go. 
What about Timothy? Let's take a look at Timothy. As we do, I want us to um, think of his mother and his grandmother in the same way that you might go to the art gallery, you might look at a beautiful painting and think of the artist. You know, somebody who put that together. But when we look at Timothy's life, think of his mum, think of his grandmother, and see what we can learn from that this morning. Timothy lived in Lystra. His mother was Jewish and a believer. His father was a Greek. We don't hear any more about his father. It's more than likely he died and his mother was widowed. Paul wrote two letters to Timothy. The second letter was probably the last letter that Paul wrote that we have recorded in our Bibles. Now, if you look at in our Bibles, it says 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. But the order that they were actually written was 1 Timothy, Titus, 2 Timothy. They're not in chronological order. It's just go to put two of Timothy's letters together. So this letter to Timothy is probably the last letter that Paul wrote that we have recorded here for us. So Paul is old. And he's at the point of death. He's looking back. How did Paul see Timothy? Well, he saw him as a son. 1 Timothy 1, verse 2. To Timothy, my true son in the faith. This is not his biological son. This is Timothy, Timothy who Paul takes on as a son, like a father and a son relationship. He saw him as a fellow companion. Acts 16, verse 1 to 3. Paul wanted to take Timothy with him along on his journey. And he did. Timothy accompanied Paul on most of his second missionary journey. Timothy was with Paul when Paul wrote his letter to the church of Philippi, the church of Colossae, and when he wrote his letter, the personal letter, to Philemon. Timothy was there with Paul when he wrote those letters. And Timothy, is, is, he was well able to identify the challenge that those things were, were being brought to him because these things... When Paul looked at Timothy, he recognized that Paul, as a young man, was able to take on responsibility. He was able to do that. And Paul recognized it. Paul saw Timothy, this young man, was able to take responsibility. In in 1 Timothy 1 verse 3, he says, I urge you then when I went to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrine any longer. Now, we've been looking at the church at Ephesus, and this is a church that Timothy had been to, been in charge of. And we've been looking at it in the book of Revelation, so there's a little pointer for you. And Timothy was well able to identify and challenge those who within the church are teaching false doctrine here at Ephesus. And then he went on, as encouraged by Paul, get that, encouraged by Paul, to teach sound doctrine. That's what he did. And Paul saw that Timothy had a strong faith and he he had a a genuine trust in God. And 1 Timothy 1, verse 18 and 19, Paul said, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. And this is the bit. So that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well holding on to the faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected. 
and so have suffered shipwreck and disregard for the faith. See, this is a big task that Timothy was given. Paul recognised that. Paul, who recognised where that initial love of God's word came from. And Paul knew that Timothy had been taught in the things of God. How did the other believers think of Timothy? How did those in the place where he lived, where he grew up, how did they think about him? This would be when he's a child, when he's lost his father, and he's living with his grandmother and his mother. He's being brought up by them. This is what he says, Acts 16, verse 2. And the believers, the believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Great. Spoke well of him. Why? Because of the way his mother and his grandmother had been teaching him. That passage that we read earlier, Acts 16, verse 1 to 3. Let's just have a brief look at that as we think about these things. Acts 16, verse 1. Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jew, Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. Timothy's understanding of the scriptures started as a child, where? At home. Get that. At home. Verse 2 of Acts 16. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. And this reminds us of something from Luke's Gospel. In the beginning of Luke chapter 2, at the birth of Jesus, we're thinking about children. We're thinking about the responsibility of adults to look after those children. We're thinking about the responsibility of adults to teach, to teach the Scriptures to teach the word of God. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the Lord of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew, this is Jesus, and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and grace, and the grace of God was with him. This is the child. Great. Back to Acts 16, verse 3. Paul wanted to take Timothy along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they travelled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. They preached the gospel. They preached the same message that the apostles who'd been with Jesus were teaching in Jerusalem. The circumcision here, don't misunderstand this. This is purely to placate the Jews who because Timothy had a, a, a Greek father they would be reluctant to listen to what he had to say. And so Paul circumcised Timothy. It's a little bit like, it's not the same, but it's a little bit like sometimes you will go to a place where you might put a suit and tie on because that's what the people expect. Now it doesn't really mean anything to suit and tie it's just so that they will listen to what you've got to say. And this is what Paul did with Timothy. You must understand that when you, you go further into Paul's letters and he talks about circumcision not meaning anything, that's because Jewish people were saying you need to be circumcised to be saved. And you don't. That's what Paul was dealing with when he dealt. This is slightly different, this issue. A little bit like when he put the suit and tie on. 
I'm going to somewhere to preach the gospel where I know they won't accept me or let me in if I don't have it on. Get that. The result. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul would later say of Timothy, uh, say to Timothy, what was probably, as I've mentioned in the last letter that we have in our Bibles that Paul wrote, 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. This is great. Remember, he's, he's older now, Paul. He's coming towards the end of his life. He's, he knows all about Timothy, how good Timothy is. But he also knows where that goodness started. And he acknowledges it. Like the sports personality who hasn't forgotten that athletics teacher. The one who got him up at five o'clock in the morning, got him on the track before he went to school. And then encouraged him, said, come on, you can do it, you can do it. And he did it, and he came, and he became leading goal scorer. And he's getting an award. And at that point, he thinks right the way back. So if you're a, you know, you might be a parent, you might be a grandparent, you might just be an auntie or an uncle. You're great in, that person becomes great in the world and then remembers you and mentions you by name when nobody else knows you. Great. Do you get where I'm coming from this morning? This is what Paul said, 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives also in you. The two unknown heroes they got mentioned and their names were mentioned. Why are they still there? Because God wants us to know about them. He wants us to know about these two people. You know, when the world looks at it, they probably didn't do much. How many people, when they looked at how great Timothy was, realized that Paul realized and Paul knew. With this verse in mind, let's just listen to what Paul says to Timothy as we think about the unsung heroes. Maybe the unsung heroes in your life. I've got people who encourage me. I didn't come from a, I come from a great home, but it wasn't a Christian home. It was a bit of a scally, it wasn't a bad life. <laughs> it did what lads do. They took the time. They had the patience. Keith and Doreen, good fellow. What about that? Eh? Their names, you don't know them, maybe. But I do. Paul 2, 2, 3, verse 10 to 17. You, however, know all about my teaching and my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul, Timothy's 
mentor is writing this to him. Timothy will be reading it. And Paul recognizes that he, Paul, has been building on a foundation that was laid down when Timothy was a child. Paul goes on. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. He's not talking about himself here. He is including himself, but he's going right back. Right back to Eunice and Lois. And he goes on. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, faith in Jesus. Now, I just want to draw to a close because I want you to realize this is the context of which Paul gives us one of the most famous little verses in the Bible that we often quote. But it's good to know the context. He's talking to Timothy. He's saying to Timothy, you know all about me. You've been with me. You were there when I was persecuted. You were there when I did this and when I did that and when I did the other. You know all about what you've done. But Timothy, I'm reminding you of your mother and your grandmother and what they did. This is what he's saying. And these are the words that he's not going to tell to us, but he told to Timothy. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's the little box on your head there that needs to go into your heart. Teach your children well. I think it was Neil York saying that, we Teach your children well. Different thing that he meant when he sang that. But for us as Christians, we need to teach our children well. They don't have to be our children. As I said, they might be the neighbors. Might be the kids playing in the street. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's go back to where we started. Should we go with Timothy to the awards ceremony? Should we hear his name read out? As he has to come up from the audience and pick up his, his trophy, whatever that trophy might be. What's he going to say? Like we hear those actors say at the Oscars, and those sports people say at the um, Sports Personality of the Year. Is he going to speak about the things that he's done and how great he is? Is he going to speak about Paul and how great Paul is? This is what I think he would say. You could stand up. You could be a bit nervous because, you know, even though you might be used to being in front of people, and you'd probably say some of this. I'd like to thank my grandmother, Lois, for the way that she gave me the love that I have for God's Word. And my mother, Eunice, who continued to teach me and lead me in the things of God. And to both of them, who by their faith and lifestyle, showed me what it was to be a Christian. And then he might say, oh, by the way, and Paul constantly reminded of these things 
as he trusted and encouraged me to be a faithful worker in the gospel. Let's all of us do this for the glory of God. See, we've tagged Paul on at the end. He went back to his roots. Maybe, maybe you're an unsung hero. Maybe you can look back at your days when you might have been a Sunday school teacher. You might have just given a, a booklet to somebody. Or, you know, maybe it's all of you and, and, and given a scriptural group. These things are important. They're all part of God's plan.